Good evening and welcome to another episode of Hitting for the Cycle. I'm your host, Tank and Dictor, and we, as always, we have a lot to cover for today. We have the wild card playoffs as the MLB postseason has just started. Really looking forward to talk about talking about this, even though I'm not so looking forward to talking about how the Yankees did. But before I get into all that, we also have a, a segment that I will be showing you pretty soon. Andy Hopper from the Brew Party and Annie O'Donnell, aka Sweet Annie O'D. They both join me to go over the National League wildcard game between the Dodgers and the St. Louis Cardinals. But before we get into that, I'd like to give you guys a friendly reminder to please give us a follow on all our forms of social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Review and Preview Sports. And in addition, you can also subscribe to our YouTube channel at Review and Preview Sports. Now, I think I'm going to start this off by getting the Yankees talk out of the way. Now, the Yankees to end the season, they were in hot pursuit of that wild card spot. They went to Toronto. They took two out of three. Two of the games were pretty crazy comebacks. You had Giancarlo standing in a three-run bomb the first game. And then in the third game, you had him him and Judge all hitting home runs. And looked like there was going to be momentum going into the final series against the Tampa Bay Rays. But... Then that kind of slowed down. In game one, excuse me, the Yankees in the first inning, them and the Rays exchanged runs. The Rays would take a 2-1 lead, and that held up for a long time. But then the Rays would get a few in the ninth, and while the Yankees tried to advance, it really was not meant to be. The Rays ended up winning that game, and that hurt the Yankees because that was a game where they could have clinched a wild card spot. They could have been on their way to the postseason, but... They then had to wait another day, and what really didn't help either was the Red Sox and the Blue Jays also won. So now that made it even harder for them to get into a plus spot. But luckily for them, Seattle Mariners lost their game to the LA Angels of Anaheim. So the Yankees weren't really in too horrible shape going into that. But then we go into the second game. Jordan Montgomery simply didn't have it. That was the game where Brandon Lau hit three home runs for the Rays. They destroyed the Yankees 12-2, and... Then you head into the last game. Again, all they needed was one win. It ha- it got to the point where they were tied with the Boston Red Sox for for the wild cards. Toronto was one game behind both of them, and t- Seattle was behind them too. So there was a legitimate possibility that we could have seen a four-way race for the wild card. And a lot of people were rooting for chaos. I personally was rooting for a Yankee win. 
which they did. Now, granted, obviously, the Yankees had to sweat it out in this one. You know, they didn't really, they only had one hit entering the eighth inning, but going into the ninth, you had Tyler Wade pinch running on, on first. Anthony Rizzo hit a single. He went to second. And then Aaron Judge hit a soft ground ball. Tyler Wade wound up scoring. Yankees won that game to punch their ticket for the wild card, but obviously the Boston Red Sox won their game as well. Toronto and Seattle both finished one game behind. And, you know, you got to give your, you got to tip your caps to both of those teams. The Mariners and the Blue Jays had a furious second half effort. In fact, the Mariners at one point won nine of 10, won a stretch of nine of 10 games. And, you know, going in, it looked like they were going to break that postseason drought. They hadn't been to the playoffs since 2001, but unfortunately for them, that really wasn't meant to be. And, the Toronto Blue Jays were the team that I feared the most because that was a team, you look at their lineup, you have Guerrero, you have Springer, you have Bichette. Bichette, by the way, single-handedly was destroying the Yankees in that series. He actually hit two home runs in the game that they won. And then you also have some decent pitchers on that squad. You got Jose Barrios, Robbie Ray, who might very well win the Cy Young Award. It's probably going to come down to, between him and Garrett Cole. And then, of course, you have Hunjin Ryu, who's had plenty of experience with the Dodgers. Based on that lineup and that pitching, I thought that team was going to go to the postseason. And with the way the Yankees were up and down, it really it looked like they were going to fall apart. But, you know, somehow they made it. They took two out of three from Toronto. But next year, I would imagine that team is going to be a very, very big force to come in the playoffs. But now, of course, that brings us to the wild card game against the Boston Red Sox at Fenway Park. And, you know, Going into that game, if you were a Yankee fan, you had every reason to feel good about that series because you had your ace, Garrett Cole, on the mound. Granted, obviously, he had a struggling second half, but, you know, I really thought this was going to be a series where he was going to turn around. But, you know, unfortunately, that was a game where things just were not meant to be. The beginning, Giancarlo Stanton comes up. He hits a ball that I thought off the swing was going to be gone for a solo home run. And. Obviously, if you listen to the radio broadcast of that game, John Sterling did too. He even called it a home run. But of course, by the time Stan was standing on first, he goes, what did I do wrong? And, you know, as much as I love John Sterling, he's prone to having those senior moments. But in any event, Stan didn't score. That was the only base runner they had in that inning. But it really turned out to be a bad omen because in the first inning, Garrett Cole quickly got the first two guys out. He walked the third batter, which would have been Rafael Devers, but then up comes Xander Bodarts, and he threw him a changeup right down the middle. Not a great pitch, not great location. He hit it over the center field wall, gave the Red Sox a 2-0 lead, and then in the third inning, Kyle Schwarber comes up, and he hits a sole home run to make it 3-0. Now, fun fact, this actually was not the first time Kyle Schwarber did that in a playoff game against Garrett Cole. For those of you who might not remember, Kyle Schwarber came up to that in the 2015 wild card game. This time, he Schwarber was with the Cubs, Cole was with the Pirates, and Schwarber hit a ball that went practically into the Allegheny River at PNC Park. That was probably the game that launched the Cubs' crazy run in 2015 where they made it to the Division Series, and then they made it to the LCS. Obviously, they got swept by the Mets that year, but we know what happened the next year. It, it pretty much was one of the first home runs that really led to the Cubs' breaking their curse but you know back to this game it wasn't looking good and then Cole allowed a few base runners and you know 
got to the point where they had to pull Garrett Cole from the game and it was not pretty. And to say that I was absolutely livid when this happened was probably the understatement of the year. I mean, this is a guy that the Yankees invested $300 million into and for him to not even make it past the third inning, that was, that was pretty brutal. And, you know, it was one of the big reasons the Yankees did not win this game, but you know, there could have been a turning point because after that, the Yankees absolutely could not touch Nathan Uvalde. He went like what five and a third, five and two thirds innings. He was only he wasn't giving up too many hits. He struck out a, he struck out like six or seven batters. He was absolutely filthy, and you know, it was the same old dog and song and dance because I'd seen the Yankees get dominated by Nathan Uvalde in years past, and you know, then the turning point happens in the sixth. Anthony Rizzo hits a home run and then Aaron judge hits that infield single. And you have Giancarlo Stanton coming up as the tying run. And if you're a Yankee fan, you had to, you had to have been somewhat confident because Giancarlo Stanton had been mashing the Red Sox consistently. And then he had another shot that again, missed going over the monster. But then as it bounced off, the left fielder made a perfect relay. Aaron judge, unfortunately was thrown out at home. Now, granted, there was only one out, but this was the this was a big controversy because why you would send Aaron Judge, there's really two ways to look at it. Number one, Joey Gallo was the on-deck hitter, and Joey Gallo, in my opinion, was a bust for the Yankees going into that series. He His batting average was at 199. You can't really trust him in a clutch spot. He's one of those guys that's either going to hit a home run, strike out, or walk. So on one hand, I guess that's how you can defend it. And if you've seen me talk about the Yankees before, you know I've complained about them with runners in scoring position, and that's not pretty. But at the same time, you would have had second and third and one out. And you would have been in prime position to score a run or two, could have really changed the game, but they just they couldn't do it. Like bad base running – I don't know why you sent Aaron judge, but you know, it is what it is. And that effectively was the game right there because the Yankees couldn't get any more runs after that inning. Verdugo would drive in Bogarts with an RBI single. And then he drove in two more in the eighth inning and that essentially put the nail in the coffin. And, you know, Tom, Tom's com- sends a comment here. What's up, Hank concerned. The Yankees franchise have has hit a standstill. They keep going for the same type of players and that won't bring you championships. Well, Tom, I think you your comment was precisely spot on, and I'm about just about to get to why the Yankees lost this game. You might ask, but between the two of them, the record was tied, but you might ask, did the Yankees lose to the better team? And, you know, you can throw all the re- at what happened in the regular season out the window. Obviously, the Red Sox won 10, the Yankees won 9. It all really comes down to this game. The Red Sox were the better team. Garrett Cole pitch horrible. You want your ace to show up in the big game. That he didn't do. Whereas Nathan Yavaldi is a big game pitcher. That was proven in 2018. In fact, he not only start, did well in the starting role that year, he did well in relief. And without him, the Red Sox don't have a don't have a World Series title that year to show for it. And another thing, and to get back to Tom's comment, and by the way, for those of you who want to comment down below, please do so below. I would love to hear from any one of you guys, whether whether you're a Red Sox fan who's excited 
or whether you're a disgruntled Yankee fan like me, any opinion is welcome. Or if you want to comment as I bring up my uh, segment soon between me, Annie, and Andy, you I promise you, you will be enjoying that shortly. The Yankees hitting-wise, the Yankees with hitting. Every single year I see this. They are an all-or-nothing team. They come up. They don't sh- – I miss the days where it was get a guy on, get him over, get him in. No. For them, it seems to be a lot about get the getting the ball over the fence. And I just think that that's the wrong approach. And let me give you a few stats that are not great. Anthony Rizzo, Aaron Judge, and Giancarlo Stanton were not the problem in this game. They went a combined 5-for-12 with two home runs. And both home runs were the RBIs of this game. So if you're going to fault anyone in this series, it's not going to be those two. But when you look at everybody else in this game, 1-for-20. Good Lord. That's, that's not good. And the only hit that wasn't any of the three players I mentioned was a cheap little infield single by Gio Urshela. So that it's something that I'm used to seeing because, and not to mention they could have worked up Nathan Yavaldi's pitch count and they were lucky that he was taken out early because I thought Alex Cora ma- overmanaged that game to begin with, but he only threw 71 innings. The Yankees, other than that brief rally in the sixth inning, they didn't really test him. They were swinging at the first pitch, just not enough plate discipline. And when you look at what's next to come for the Yankees, it's, you know, is Aaron Boone going to be the manager next year? I really don't think he should because when you look at the way the Yankees have gone 2017, they had a lot of promise. They were within one game of going to a world series with Joe Girardi. And then they unceremoniously let him go. Now, whether you think he was the right manager or not is a, is a debate for another time. What is true is that, you know, they didn't replace him with the right guy. Aaron Boone had no experience whatsoever. He had only been in ESPN. He had no coaching experience whatsoever. You trust him to drive the Maserati. And while granted, they did have an ALCS appearance in 2019, the Yankees really have not been that close since. So, yeah. And um, I want to get to the comments sections. Alex says on to Tampa. Alec, how's it going? Congrats on your Red Sox winning that. And you're going to have your hands full with the Tampa Bay Rays. They're probably arguably the best team in the American League. They won 100 games, didn't do that by accident. So should be an interesting series to watch. I'm sure the Red Sox can probably steal a game. I don't think it's going to be an easy series. But with the way the Red Sox are playing in this game, I definitely think that the that the Rays will have their Sorry, the Rays will have their hands full due to familiarity and due to being an AL East game. And another comment, he says, it's a shame Cashman didn't notice the most obvious issue. They didn't need Gallo and, and Odor. They needed guys who can get on base. And, you know, I agree with that comment also because, you know, if you really look at the Yankees, one of the big – getting guys on base wasn't the only issue. They – another need for them was pitching. And I've established this before. Brian Cashman had a severe blind spot for pitching, but what nobody talks about is I'm sure the Yankees could have probably gotten a cheap deal for a really good relief pitcher during the trade deadline, but that really wasn't addressed. I mean, in fact, the only pitcher that he even got during that deadline was Andrew Heaney and Andrew Heaney didn't even make the postseason roster. So what does that really tell you about Brian Cashman? It tells you that he's really not as good of a general manager as people think. And 
you know, I don't think he should be the manager going forward, but unfortunately we know the Steinbrunners are, have pretty much signed him to a lifetime contract. He has a lot of power within the organization. I don't think he's going anywhere. And the last thing Alec Walt says is Cora cannot pull Evaldi like that again in the postseason. And I agree. Evaldi was dominant. He, he was the reason the Yankees bats looked so asleep for most of this game. And, you know, it's proof that it's not just a Yankee thing, but whenever a manager has a pitcher who seems like he's dominating in a game, he just, he, he tends to take him out after the second or third time. And, you know, maybe it's my old school minds that thinks that thinks this, but I don't really like the over-reliance on bullpen usage, but in any event, what's done is done. The Red Sox have advanced and, you know, I'll probably get more into detail about the Yankees and what needs to be done this offseason in a future video when that comes. But in any event, right now, we got to focus on the now. The Red Sox are going to play the Tampa Bay Rays, and that should be an interesting series. I think the Red Sox will probably steal a game or two, but I ultimately, at the end, I think the Rays lineup is too strong. I think their their depth is just out of nowhere. The Rays are going to win this series, and... Yeah, and then looking at the other series, you got the White Sox and the Astros. Houston still has guys like Alex, uh, sorry, Alex, Alex Bregman, Jose Altuve, Carlos Correa. Pro- could probably be one last ride for their core after the Astros season that was 2017. You know, say what you want about that that squad. I still think they're pretty talented. Now their pitching depth isn't quite the same. The only real ace you have in that rotation is Zach Greinke, but ultimately as talented as the White Sox are with, with uh, Tim Anderson, Eloy Jimenez, to name a few, I don't know if they're quite have the experience to take the Astros in a short series, but you know, who knows? We'll see. Tony LaRusso, their manager has been around the block. Maybe he steals a game or two, but in any event, I think now it's time to move on to the NL. And with that being said, I am going to play my segment, of the NL wildcard preview. And I think you will enjoy this one. We have Annie O'Donnell from the OD sweet Annie OD, as she is known on Twitter. That will be a lot of fun to have her see her, share her thoughts on the Dodgers. And then of course you have my buddy, Andy Hopper from the brew party who I've done many a collaboration with on, on not just saying for the cycle, but my other show, big blue Avenue. And I've also appeared on big blue Ab- or sorry, brew party multiple times. You can check us out there. And anyways, without further ado, let's preview today, tonight's wildcard matchup between the Dodgers and the Cardinals. And it's a game that I personally am really looking forward to. So here we go. All righty, guys. It is now time to preview the National League wildcard. And joining me now are a pair of super fans who have followed both of their teams pretty hardcore all season long and i am going to introduce these two one by one my first guest is a newcomer and a first timer on my show hitting for a cycle that would be annie o'donnell aka sweet annie od how is it going it's going well it's going good how about you i'm doing pretty good you know i just survived a little mini heart attack over the yankee a couple <laughs> days ago but you know i'm hanging in there and now i'm actually awaiting the wild card game against boston And of course, our second guest for this segment is a guy you are all too familiar with. He is not only making his third appearance on Hitting for the Cycle, he is probably the only guy that has appeared on every single show of Review and Preview. 
That would, of course, be my good buddy, Andy Hopper. Andy, how's it Throw going? Throw the threes up. Throw the threes up. Third time's the charm. <laughs> introduction. How's it going? I, I mean, I call myself Review and Previews, just the whole network's favorite guest. Anytime you need me at the drop of the hat, I am here. Henry, I am so excited to be back. Annie, I am so excited to uh, chop it up with you as well. Not going to take credit for the 17-game win streak, but the last time I was on this show, Henry, I said it was going to take a miracle run to make it to the playoffs. As of September 7th, St. Louis had a 2.8% chance to make the playoffs, and here we are. Of course, we've got to play the best goddamn team in baseball to do it, but (laughs) we're here. We made it. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course, no problem. And uh, Annie, what's your what's going through your mind as you prepare for for such tough series? Because the Dodgers all se- all season long, any other year, this would probably be a historic season. Which I don't know if it's really historic at this point anymore. Because if you look at the Dodgers over the past few years, I think they averaged like what one hundred five wins. I thought they were going to win like maybe one hundred three, one hundred four. They actually yeah. won up me in one hundred six, but yet. Somehow they couldn't even win the division because the Giants decided to one up them. And now you're stuck playing against a red hot team in the St. Louis Cardinals. They had a stretch where they won 17, which is absolutely unreal. And as Andy mentioned, like he was on my show like a couple weeks ago, we both were pretty disgruntled about our teams actually at that point. And now here we all are getting ready for wild card weekend. What's the mood like? The mood, um, I think, you know, the mood's been a lot because going into those final week, you know, been chasing the Giants, just basically chasing their tail for the last month, essentially being one or two games back. And going into this last week, essentially the the Dodgers just had to accept that, hey, their fate is not in their hands anymore. They can win as many baseball games as they can, but at the end of the day, they got to wait for the Giants to lose. And that's out of their control, so you can watch the scoreboard as much as you can. But at the end of the day, they just got to keep playing baseball. And that they did. They left everything out on the table this past week, winning all seven games they played. And, fortunately, the Giants, I mean, credit to where credit is due for them. I cannot stand the Giants more than any team in professional sports. (laughs) But you got to give credit for all they've done this season. And, you know, at this point in time, you know, everyone kind of goes back to that check swing uh, missed call back early August about – how, you know, that was the division decided there. And I couldn't disagree more. I'm not somebody that'll sit and blame one play, one move for why things went wrong. There were a lot, even though this was a 106 game win season, this is not a disappointment or a failure by any means. And I think a lot of fans, because the eight year division winning streak is over, they consider it a failure. And that's not the case at all. But there were so many moments where the Giants did lose games. And they did drop a game, but so did the Dodgers. They just had moments of inconsistency. And you think back to that, you know, in April when the Dodgers couldn't buy a win to save their life. And I always say it's better to, you know, have a losing streak early on than later down the wire. I mean, the St. Louis Cardinals are a perfect example of that is you just never know. You're never out of the race unless, of course, you're the Baltimore Orioles. But (laughs) you're never completely out. And, you know, the San Diego Padres are unfortunately the other example of that where – you can just absolutely tank the last two months and your playoff. You know, this is a team that a lot of people had stealing the division from the Dodgers, going back, going to the World Series for the first time since the 90s. And that's a team that's a disappointment, not the Dodgers. So 
I wonder what happened to the Padres last time they made it to the World Series. Oh, wait, the 98 Yankee juggernaut. You know what happened. You know what happened. <laughs> greatest baseball team, greatest team of all time. <laughs> so, it, you know, and I, I'll end with this, is that this is the first time during this new wild card format that the Dodgers are in the game. And if I could pick, if I had to pick the team that they would play in the wild card, let me tell you, the team that would be last is the St. Louis Cardinals because I have <laughs> any Dodgers fan has mass PTSD from playing the St. Louis Cardinals in the postseason. And that dates back to my early days back in 2004 during that series that Sir Albert Pujols completely manhandled the Dodgers, which is kind of funny now that he is on said Dodgers. So uh, I'm sure that's I'm sure that's painful for you, but uh, <laughs> he doesn't look right. In Dodger it, blue, I'll it looks good in Dodger blue. Everyone looks good in Dodger blue. Everybody. Well, it's just no. It's like one of those where we see it across all sports, where these guys are at the end of their career, and you're like, wait a minute, he plays for who now? It's like right. seeing him in that jersey just doesn't just doesn't look right, albeit as good as the Dodger blue looks on anybody. Um, Hank, I, I don't know if you were gonna come to me at this point, but I mean, I'll, I'll go ahead and take over. Oh, I'm yeah, no, like... I was definitely going to bring up Albert Pujols eventually, but Andy, is often, <laughs> as you often do, you seem to read my mind and take the words out of my mouth. Listen, man, I, as far as how I'm feeling, I, it's like, how the hell did we get here? It's like, I cannot yep. believe this. Like, it, well, they were 71-69 and 69 before the 17-game win streak. They were, like, tied for the eighth-best record in the National League, four games out of the second wild-card spot. Actually, before I get into this, I'll say it's pretty ridiculous that the Dodgers have 106 wins they have to play play in this wild card like win like win all winner win or lose scenario right uh I, I think it's ridiculous I think the MLB needs to fix that uh and you have a team like the Braves that had to itch and claw their way to that division that that just automatically gets a seven game series I don't think that's right I do hate the Braves more than Actually, I hate the Dodgers but either way either way I think the Dodgers should be like you, you don't win 106 games and have to go one game win or go home it, at least in my opinion yeah. but uh Back to the Cardinals. Of course, we have to play this team. Uh, everybody calls it the Cardinal Devil Magic. Uh, that is what they did. They they that was in full force. <laughs> so no team since 2014 has reached the playoffs with such like a low odds. I mentioned it 2.8 percent as of as of September 7th. On August 10th, only 1.4 percent chance of making the playoffs. This is according to Fan Graphs. Um, I mean, it's all behind Adam Wainwright. I mean, this guy is is yeah. performing at a Cy Young, Cy Young level at 40 years old. I mean, last year I'm calling for this guy to, guy to be done. He doesn't have it anymore. Um, I, I mean, say, wasn't there a guy on my podcast back in like May who said you can't be relying on 40 year old Adam Wainwright? This guy, guess what we're doing? <laughs> we're relying on 40 year old Adam Wainwright. 206, 206 and a third innings pitch this year, second in the major leagues. To be doing that at 40 years old is absolutely insane. By the way, he's 17 and 7 with a, with a 3.05 ERA. He's the ace of our staff. He's got a 1.06 whip, 174 strikeouts, just absolutely shoving. And it's not even the velocity. His velocity uh, numbers are in the lower third of the league. It's he's doing it. He's mixing up, bleh, mixing up the variety of his pitches. He's throwing a lot of different things and he's just got excellent command. He knows where he wants to go. Oh, he's also his catcher. He's thrown to him uh, over what? 300 times now, which is absolutely insane. The, the level that they are on, it, there's nobody else in the league like that. 
uh, that Yadi Yadi Molina and uh, Adam Wainwright had that connection. I mean, I mean, and the defense has been great as well. They're first in the league and outs above average. The guy I just mentioned, Adam Wainwright, uh, every time he steps to the mound, he is getting some incredible defensive help. I wrote it down actually. So he has he is in first place in outs above average with 23 of those being saved by his fielders. That's the most in the stat cast era. Uh, which second on that list is Irvin Santana, uh, who had 19 in 2017. Uh, we're going to have to forget this as Cardinals fans. He did start the wild card game in 2017, gave up four runs in two innings. We're going to want to avoid that. Uh, <laughs> but these extra outs have saved him 19 runs, 19 runs on the year. That's a lot. This would have put his ERA from 305 to 3.88. Uh, if we look at, like our defensive starters are all above average defenders, uh, defensive runs saved on the year, Molina plus five, Goldie plus nine, Edmund plus six, Arenado plus seven, Edmundo Sosa, who came out of nowhere, took Paul DeYoung's job, supposed to be utility infielder, is now a starter on a playoff contending team with plus eight, Tyler O'Neill plus 10, Harrison Bader plus 15 defensive runs saved. Just look at those numbers. And by the way, Tyler O'Neill's a fucking tank, Canadian tank. A, uh, you should hear his accent. It really throws you off. He does not look like he would have a thick Canadian accent. Um, he is hitting 286 with 34 home runs and 80 RBIs while also stealing 15 bases on the year. I just told you 10 defensive runs saved. He's a great glove in left field. Uh, he is for okay don't forget Goldschmidt and Arenado but Tyler O'Neill has been this team's best hitter this season Goldschmidt has finally started to play like Paul Goldschmidt uh since August 10th or August 11th he's hitting 360 he's slashing 365 446 and 713 with a 204 WRC plus that's tied for first in the league with MVP candidate Bryce Harper. Uh, I mean, they've been incredible. You also have to look uh, Harrison Bader. He can actually hit now, which is incredible. Uh, you take what you can get. He's maybe the fastest player in the league. He's got one of the best gloves. He's kind of in that Kevin Kiermeyer, Kevin Kiermeyer level where it's like anything he does for you at the plate is kind of just like icing on the cake, right? Um, which we've been begging as Cardinal fans for him to figure it out at the plate because we love his glove. We love what he's able to do. And if he gets on base, he is a lock to, to steal one. He is so, so fast. Uh, he's hitting 267 on the year. He's got 50 RBIs and 15 bombs. 3.9 war has been, he's been great. Well, especially, I think he was the NL player of the week last week, had a, a OPS of like 1.59, some, something, something crazy. He's been great. We need, we've needed him to be great. I mentioned Edmundo Sosa stepping in for Paul DeYoung. He's back now after he got hurt himself. Uh, the J.A. Happ and Lester signings, I, I criticize those because they're old as balls. I mean, anytime you can add, you know, two pitchers with a combined age of like 76, uh, you're doing something right, but apparently oh, I'm wrong. Yeah, you know, they decided with you about the J.A. Happ part. They, they haven't been great, um, but they've just provided stability to this, you know, starting rotation that has just been absolutely ravaged by injuries. Carlos Martinez is out for the year. Jack Flaherty has been hurt. He's been moved to the bullpen. Um, and besides Wayno and Quang Hun Kim, no Cardinal has started more than 16 games. Uh, Michaelis is still getting back into the swing of things. You have Lester and Hap come in. Haven't been great. You know, Lester with a 4.13 ERA at Hap with a 3.97 himself. That's since they've joined the Cardinals. But that's stability. That's somebody that can pitch every fourth and fifth day that they're going to need if they do make it into the playoffs. Um, the bullpen has actually gotten a lot better. 
than it has been the past couple times I've been on this show, Hank. You know, oh yeah, I remember. I remember there was that same guy right down below me on the screen was complaining about the bullpen the last. Listen, time. rightfully so. I saw the numbers too. They were they were pretty bad. So but once you, you put in what's his name, Gallegos, who fun fact. Who, who I will thank Yankee. you. Who I will thank you for that. Uh, the Yankees they add him in the Luke Voigt deal as a throwaway piece, and now yes. he's <laughs> been the best closer in baseball over the past uh, <laughs> month. So we start the year with Alex Reyes. You know, he converted his first twenty-two saves of the year, was just like untouchable, and then kind of just fell apart. Uh, it's really hard. You know, he's. He leads the league in walk rate with 17%. Uh, he blew four leads from uh, August 18th through September 5th and hasn't pitched in the ninth inning since. Enter Giovanni Gallegos. Uh, second most innings among MLB relievers with 80.1. Um, since replacing Reyes, he's converted 10 of his 11 save opportunities with a .77 ERA. Again, thank, I want to thank the Yankees for throwing him in. It's just a throwaway uh, in that deal. Uh, shout, out to, shout out to shout out to shout out to Chase and Shreve, who's now pitching for the Pirates. I cannot believe he was the main piece of that deal. And then one guy, the last guy I'll mention before I end this spiel is Genesis Carrera. I have talked shit about Genesis Carrera so so much, and he has been absolutely excellent since the All Star break. He has not allowed a run in twenty five of his twenty seven seven appearances since uh, the break. Um, he hasn't allowed a run at all in September. And if not for one really bad game, which we just need to forget about, six runs, six hits, no outs, you'd have a .99 ERA in the second half. They've been doing this with excellent defense. Their hitters, Arenado, Goldschmidt, Tyler O'Neill, Harrison Bader, have been stepping up and when they needed them to. Uh, Wayne Wright's been excellent. And then this, these like three guys in the bullpen. I got to add Co- Cody Whitley to this list. He's been pretty incredible as well. Uh, but uh, just Cardinal Devil Magic all coming together in September. I think I heard an interview in a post game with Yadier Molina. It was in like near the end of August. No, actually, it was like right around the All Star break where he was talking about how excited he was, how thankful he was to be named an All Star replacement. Uh, and that he still believed in this team, that they were a playoff team. And I remember hearing that on the radio and just like laughing, be like, get the fuck out of here. Like, <laughs> Hank, like you've known my frustrations. I got to give a shout out to my friend Grant Baker, who legit lives and dies with this team, watches every single game and has been texting us me, a group with me and my buddy Luke, like literally every game, being like fire everybody, fire everybody. This is terrible. And now it's going like, holy shit, holy shit. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Now we're in the playoffs. Of course, we got to go up against the Dodgers. Um, Wainwright, he's our guy apparently in this in this game. The last time he faced the Dodgers uh, was, I think, earlier this month. He went 8.1 innings, four strikeouts. He did give up seven hits and four runs, but the Cardinals end up winning that game six to five. Is that they're the gonna need a streak? Yes, they're going to need a similar performance from him. Uh, I also will throw this out here, Annie. I'm sorry. The Cardinals have defeated the Dodgers in the past four uh postseason or four postseason matchups uh they are I'm four, well aware four thank and you. one thank you. four and one thank you. So, thank you it's uphill battle though i mean you guys have got <laughs> in my opinion the most fun team to watch in baseball trey turner has like the cleanest slides i've ever seen in my life you've got oh, unreal that man, got- the funniest thing about that is you see it on and i know you guys are active on twitter probably in other sports with other sports industries right. as well besides baseball so you have the people that don't really watch baseball that are seeing these clips like just now and you're like yeah that's <laughs> yeah, that's no, trey that's, turner yeah every day and then you got mad you got mad max who's just being mean to people because it's it's fun to him uh he he's scares the shit out of me like i don't know it's this is gonna be a great game at least i hope it is i hope it's not like a 
you know, one of the, one of the guys just jump out real quick. Uh, but I, I, you know, Wayno's going to have to bring his best. Uh, but it won't surprise me if they win, but it won't surprise me if they lose either. But I, I cannot wait to watch. That was honestly the, I think back to the trade deadline, getting Max Scherzer and Trey Turner was absolutely necessary for this yeah. team. Obviously you go in, there's a lot of hype and, you know, news around signing Trevor Bauer coming off his Cy Young campaign. And, you know, unfortunately, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Didn't, it didn't yeah. age well there, but, um, you know, a move that I'm sure once, you know, that investigation clears up, not yeah. clears up, I want to say that investigation concludes that Andrew Friedman and the Dodgers front office are going to have to answer to as far as, hey, like, how do you sign this guy saying you've done your research and looked through his stuff and decided that, hey, you know, he's, he'll be a good addition to this clubhouse. When in reality, when he was put on leave and the Dodgers, the word got out that the Dodgers did not want him back whatsoever. So... You need another ace in your lineup. Kershaw was out, and you got these bullpen games, which were absolutely torturous to watch, which I'm very confident in this Dodgers bullpen. I think there's a lot to be proud of here. Kenley Jansen is playing a lot better than he has in recent years. Blake Trinan has really set himself up as the solid setup guy in there, and you got Phil Bickford, of course. Um, who am I blanking on here? Uh, Bruce Dargratterall coming out of there. Gonzalez, uh, Joey Bia coming out. So it's really, honestly, I'm more confident in this bullpen than I've been in a long time. But just having them just do a whole game front to back is just very stressful for me. So I'm glad going out and getting another ace for the rotation in Max Scherzer. Of course, we had to give up our top prospect and a, a promising starting pitcher. But, but I mean, you had to. You're a big yeah, market team. You can afford to, like, replace these guys. And oh, yeah. This is what I've learned as a Yankee fan. I've seen the Yankees hoard prospects for years. And the problem with hoarding prospects is eventually it creates a log jam. Where are you going to put them? You got to trade them for like a that's, starting pitcher, which that's I'm why Luke Voigt's on the Yankees. I'm looking at you, Brian Cashman, for not going after guys like Garrett Cole or Garrett Cole in 2018, rather. I'm not talking about the free agency. Oh, you want to talk about looking- not spending money in free agency, Hank? I'm your guy. No, yeah, I'm also looking at him for not getting Justin Verlander in 2017. And I can also go on and on why I really think the Yankees would have had a more recent title had they broken the bank on Max Scherzer. But I will have to save that for another podcast. I think Max Scherzer, Scherzer and Wayno are probably two of the biggest, the best big game pitchers you could possibly see for a wild card game. Mm -hmm. I just love how Scherzer, after he pitched a good game, he just goes in there and like, blatantly stares down his guys like even at when they want to congratulate him he's just fucking around that's why i love him he's great i wanted the cardinals to trade for him because he's a missouri guy and you know it's funny when i saw that his name was in the news i'm like padre again i'm like oh boy padres are are really going for it and then psych goes a whole 180 (laughs) dodgers get him and i'm like i just thought it was going to be max scherzer and then to see Trey Turner in that deal, I'm like, oh yeah, Whoa. yeah. That's, like, that trade was such a Dodgers trade. Where if you're a fan of any other team, you're just like, of course, of course, they just added Max Scherzer and Trey Turner. It's like anybody else want to get Juan Soto while you're at it. It's like Jesus, they they are the kings the, of that. The this is the common misconception about the Dodgers, though, is so many people think that they go out and just buy their team, and they're so. And granted, yes, they have a high payroll, but a good chunk of their team is homegrown talent, drafted yes. talent. 
So the fact that, you know, and you look at the Padres, they've gone out and gotten more players oh, more than, than anybody. the Dodgers have. So. Yeah. And how much has that done them? Well, that's exactly. why everybody was like, oh, no, they're really going for it. They traded yeah. the Padres more than anybody traded for half the league, it felt like. And they're just like, okay, this better work. And yeah, you, actually, want, now. you guys want to know a fun fact? AJ Preller <laughs> has made the most trades over the past, like, three years. I believe it. It's mm. I don't even know if there's a close second. It's AJ Preller, and... I, I'm. I would have a feeling he's probably going to get the axe in a matter of time. I mean, his manager did. Why? Why is he still there at this point? Yeah, and honestly, uh, you know, I think which you know, you guys can chime in if you disagree. But the way with Fernand with Tatis, as soon as they were on the downward spiral and kind of drifting out of their playoff hopes, there. I mean, he's been battling through that injury, that shoulder injury all season long. And you just signed this guy to a monstrous contract, 14 years, if I'm not mistaken, with an average of $24 million. You committed to, which honestly, he could have gotten more. He could have gotten yeah. way more per year. That's a hometown discount for sure. But you got to get this guy in the operating room, I think, as soon as possible. Like, you you invested in this guy. That This injury is clearly only going to get worse. You invested in him. You care about his future shut him down, put it, if he's out for six months, he'll be back in time, you know, April, May timeframe for next year. But I just, I thought that whole situation was so mishandled. And honestly, I think cost him. And that's where I really fault Tatis on his MVP. Everyone kind of puts him in the MVP conversation, but him being in and out this season. And then just the Padres absolutely tanking the last two months. Whereas Bryce Harper hauled ass to try to get oh, the yeah. Phillies into a playoff spot and unfortunately came up short or, or fortunately, depending on who you are. But I mean, talk about, I mean, but you think about that NL East, man, you're just like, ah, the Mets having such a promising off season, but of course the Mets are oh going to met. So it, <laughs> once Jacob deGrom got injured, you knew it was, it was inevitable that they were going to have a bad second half. And as far as the Phillies go, I mean, that's a team that you really look at their roster and think, how is this team not better? And right. then, you realize right. they have, then you realize they have a leaky pen. Yeah. And then you're like, eh, it's not that surprising. And as much as Joe, I praise Joe Girardi for doing his best to keep him afloat. And I still miss Joe. I wish he was still our manager, but that's not a story for another day. But <laughs> it just goes to show you that's also not a well-run team because the Phillies are another team that's been – spending money like it's no one's business. I mean, remember, they had a GM who said, we're going to spend stupid money, and look how that worked out. Right. And then you got the Braves, who, even with a few injuries, if the Braves had been healthy all year, I think they would have won that division outright. Oh, absolutely. Ronald Acuna, absolutely. Ronald Acuna is one of the better players in baseball that I feel like doesn't really get enough love. Extremely yeah. talented. To lose him to a torn ACL was absolutely devastating. And then pitching-wise – you lose Soroka for the season. If he's healthy, then you have him and Max Freed as a good one-two punch. That is absolutely solid. And you got ground shot, Charlie Morton, one of the steadier three pitchers. I liken him to like maybe Andy Pettit, like in his late thirties. He's not a guy you looked at as like an ace, but like he's a guy that relied on smarts to right. win the games, which is what he did for the Tampa Bay Rays. And Ian Anderson's pretty solid too. I wouldn't be shocked if the Braves somehow got past the Milwaukee Brewers, even though I think the Brewers overall have a little no, have the better yeah. rotation. Rotation wise, yes, but just and granted, I know they it's the last series of 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 the season, so 
you got to think they're not really playing their best yeah. baseball. But I was very unimpressed with the Milwaukee Brewers from this last series. I thought that the Cardinals were, were, a better, were a harder harder challenge than the than the Milwaukee Brewers. Have you seen I mean, Yelich's numbers? Look, they're paying him a lot of money. He yeah. hits like two fifty nine home runs. That's gotta that's gotta be a red flag in Milwaukee. And Milwaukee's right. not a big market team. He got a Bobby so. Bonilla contract, dude. He's gonna get he's getting paid for much longer. Like the next like twenty years, he's getting yeah. a paycheck from from Milwaukee. Um, the I've said it all year. What what else besides Milwaukee's rotation scares you? And they, mean, lost, and they lost and they lost Devin Williams to punching it to punching a yeah, wall. Because the Cardinals so pissed their, him off lose, too bad. They lose Josh Hader's Yeah, it's he unreal. pulled a Kevin Brown basically. Yeah, Kevin Brown's actually a family friend. Fun fact. <laughs> no, I know, no, no, no. I know you remember him with the Dodgers, but as a Yankee fan, mm-hmm. I remember him for unfortunately not only getting two thousand four. I know. Yeah, no, we don't talk about that series. And I also yeah. remember him punching like some something inside the Yankee clubhouse out of frustration. So yeah, that his his brother is my brother's godfather. So that's a, actually pretty cool, though. It's a fun Small connection world. there. Yeah, fun fact for the day. But, but yeah, no, I, when I look at the dot back to the Dodgers and the Cardinals, when I look at these two lineups, I mean, despite the Dodgers record, it's not as far off as you might think. Oh, it's not. It, it never is, especially in a one game wild card where anything can happen. happen. And, you know, I, when Max first came on to the Dodgers, he's yep. like, he still has yet to lose a game in Dodger blue, but his first, Nine starts. He had five earned runs in 58 innings pitched, and his last two starts have been shakier with 10 earned runs in 10 innings pitched. So a little concerning there, but Max is a guy that really shines under pressure. If you're going for a one-game wild card, I would absolutely pick him. If he's unfortunately not available, Walker Bueller's not a bad second choice, but he's been a little inconsistent as of lately. So there's no question in my mind and no question in Dave Roberts' mind who, whether it's a 163 or whether it was going to be a wild card game, who they were going to go with as a starting pitcher. But the Dodgers offense has just been absolutely lights out this past week, which the only thing that concerns me is the two off days there. I was like, I hope that doesn't, <laughs> hope that doesn't you know, make them restless because there's times where this Dodgers offense is on fire or they're just completely dead like can't hit the broad side of a barn so it's it's one of those things where they're a great team and I think the fact that they did finish you know second they didn't win the division with this season with this uh this record and this team sometimes people look at the you know the losing streaks and the inconsistencies maybe a little bit closer than they should have because 106 game win season like I said earlier it's nothing to scoff no. nothing to be ashamed of here no but, it really isn't and so that's that's what things kind of come up for me when I think about, you know, problems and, you know, concern areas. And it's one of those things, like I said, it's one game. And, you know, it's not like you get, you know, there's the five game series where, you know, maybe if you're not the better team, you can kind of w- yeah. be the first one to win three games, no problem. But this time, like, you just never know what's going to happen. And against now, Cardinals, who are easily the best defensive team in baseball, you <laughs> and then the Dodgers, who have had a little – few very careless errors as of recently in the infield. We won't talk about Gavin Lux going face first into the outfield. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's funny. On my last episode, we had a Braves fan, Noah Dibler of the Sports Box. We were literally, we were asked a question by one guy in the comments when we were live. And it was my friend Dom who asked who had the better outfield between the Cardinals and the Braves. And, you know, 
you can even throw the Dodgers in that mix too. The Dodgers oh, yeah. are pretty solid infield too, but like honestly, I would probably have to give the slight edge to the Cardinals because you have arguably, actually, no, not arguably, he is the greatest third baseman in Major League Baseball, Nolan Arenado, and then Absolutely. Paul Goldschmidt when he. We always we already knew his first base playing first base was good. But when he's hitting and when he's on that he he's definitely in that discussion for first base in the league and as Andy already mentioned you had guys like Edmund and DeJong and it's a good infield. Like I don't it, you could easily make a good case that the Cardinals are one of the best infields in the league and I, I think with with the I still Dodgers, miss Colton got, Wong, though. I still yeah, miss no, Colton well, Wong in his glove, but we still have, we still have above average. To be fair, if you had kept Colton Wong, you might not have been able to to trade for Nolan Arenado. Just saying, but I think I, we would have. I, I said I, maybe. I think we still. I think we still would have been fine. Did you see the package we gave up for Nolan Arenado? It was nothing. Oh yeah, that's, they well, basically they basically paid us to take him off their hands. Literally. Um, well, that's but, what happens when you're run by David Brittick, who employs like a clueless GM or CEO or whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't get rid of Trevor Story either. So I don't know, man. I don't know I how don't the know. franchise is going to recover from that. But no. in any event, I'm looking at the Dodgers infield. Corey Seager's one of the best shortstops in baseball. I would have to think your main priority is to re-signing him to a mega deal. No, absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. And he's a guy. You know, everyone was really worried when he turned down the Dodgers extension option. But the Boris clients—they never do that. Scott mm-hmm. Boris wants to go to the table, get as much money as possible. So that wasn't a shock to me. And it doesn't mm-hmm. say anything about Corey's allegiance or do- not wanting to be a Dodger. It's just—it's the agent. And, you know, he wants to get his money, and I. I can't blame him. He deserves mm-hmm. to be paid, especially paid. after his performance this not only this past week, but entire month he's been playing like he is the World Series MVP. So, absolutely need to pay him. And the nice part about that Trey Turner Max Scherzer deal is we get Trey Turner for next year. Yeah. So, yeah. You so got not- you got the the that lucky leprechaun Justin Turner who can come up clutch in oh, moments notice. He's probably my favorite player. So I absolutely, I was big champion for re-signing him in the off season. A lot of people were against it being 35 years old. And I understand the age aspect of it, especially because the Dodgers were in talks for acquiring Nolan Arenado or Chris Bryant, possibly in the off season. But Justin is the heart and soul of that Dodgers team. He's a leader. He just gets the team so fired up. And you could tell even when they won the World Series last year and he wasn't able to be on the field, it really it, it impacted a lot of the guys during their celebration, the fact that he wasn't there. So absolutely a guy that is key in that infield. And when he's not on third base, you definitely notice a difference there. And then on first base, unfortunately, Max Muncy going out yesterday with an injury is an absolute yes. gutting blow. But uh, luckily, there's a few other options for first base. Cody Bellinger can come in and play first. He's one of the best defenders we have on our team. Not great at the plate this year, obviously, but as far as defense goes, he's awesome. And then, of course, Albert Pujols can come in. Of course, I'm not – I love love Albert, um, but I'm not keen on him being in the starting lineup. Come for a wild card game off the bench to pinch hit absolutely oh but in that spot there i i don't know about that so we'll see what dave roberts decides to do i don't think we've heard anything yet so i'm sure we'll get information about that at least by tomorrow so you see why i had that epic sly grin on my face after you mentioned albert pools cuz like <laughs> there's a little bit of masochism in me that wants to see him get a clutch hit no offense it would andy be like- 
Hilarious. How would you be taking Just, that? It would be hilarious. It would be like, <laughs> of course, of course, he's the guy that sinks us uh, at at this moment. No, it would be really cool. It would be weird to see him start a playoff game against the Cardinals, but it would be cool. And he's a guy that, you know, he left, and there was a bad taste in in every Cardinals fan's mouth when he left. If we go back to that, it was said it wasn't about the money. He takes the deal; it's worth more money, but also worth three more years. Right. Um, we saw how that worked out uh, in L.A., so I guess you, you're not really too mad about it. Um, just everything he's done for the St. Louis community, he's just a really good guy. So it's just hard to be mad at somebody like that. He still, I still believe he'll get a statue in St. Louis when he when it is As all should. As all said should. and done. Well, yeah, he was just untouchable. He was the best player in baseball for that not ten years stretch. Year in his life in St. Louis, either. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Wait. I'm going to throw this out there. Why don't we get the band back together next year? Wainwright just signed a one-year extension. Molina's last year. Pujols, what, one more time for the boys in St. Louis? Mm. Uh, no, no, I'm just kidding. We don't, we don't, <laughs> we, we don't, we don't need it. We'll, we'll throw a little ceremony or party. I don't even know if Pujols really wants to come back after this season, to be honest. No, he, I mean, he, don't, he doesn't have anything left to accomplish. I mean, he's just if, kind if of If you really long... looked at what he was saying and read, like, read between the lines with like how he was approaching this season. I think he really came into it thinking it was his last. And then going to the Dodgers, I think he kind of thought of that as like, Oh, I'm, I'm rejuvenated. I'm with the winning team. Granted, I thought he was going to go to an American league team because I thought there's no way he's going to be playing. I didn't, he get cut over losing time at first base to Jared Walsh. And now he's like, he's on an LA Dodgers team that you still have other first basemen ahead of him on the depth chart, but at the same time, he's now that older veteran presence in that lineup. I think, I think him having, having him on the Dodgers is still probably a good thing. I I see nothing wrong with having him whatsoever. And right now, before I get to your predictions, cause I'm going to have to, I've got like about 20 minutes left. I do want to talk briefly about the San Francisco giants for both of you, because I don't think we really talked about yeah. that yet. Sorry, yeah. you, well, we kind of do because that team won 107 games. Whoever, one of you guys are going to have to face that team. And in my honest opinion, that's a squad that say what you want about them. They don't look like it on paper. They have been absolutely scrappy. I mean, the oh, fact absolutely. that Evan Longoria is still there and, and still producing, crazy. And Long you got go. Buster Posey, who's having probably – who, who might very well be the comeback player of the year, like 34 years old, still having an MVP like season. He's, he's only 30. Th- it's crazy to think he's only 34. He feels way older to me. He's been I don't around know. Forever. No, I know. I remember when it's he like Clayton up. Kershaw. Well, it's like Clayton Kershaw. Everybody's talking about yep. this year. Is he done? Is he all this? You're like, you're talking about him like he's 44 years old. Like, no, I'm sure. <laughs> no, I would imagine Clayton Kershaw still gets re signed by the Dodgers at the end. One, I can't one imagine. I, I'm not ready to imagine a situation where that doesn't happen. So, no, I, I think he's, not he's gonna... already got his ring. I don't think he wants to leave the Dodgers. I'd be yeah. shocked if that happens. I, I uh, try that. Anyways, back to the, who else you got? You got Brandon Belt still doing well. The other Brandon Crawford. Brandon Crawford. Good lefty bat. Great shortstop. A guy Chris I really Bryant probably yeah. move the trade deadline. Chris Bryant was an absolute steal. I will say that too. And then um, you're looking for pitching. Desmopani and Kevin Gossman are leading that team in wins in ERA. Gossman could very well win the Cy Young Award if it wasn't for Corbin Burns. So mm-hmm. he's another unsung hero. For, actually, I wouldn't really call said him. said Adam Wainwright wrong. I wouldn't put him as a Cy Young. I think there's too much talent. No, 
Uh, Osman is living proof that leaving the Orioles is usually the best way for the <laughs> to get revived. Uh, you, look at Jake Arrieta and you look at Jake Arrieta as an example of that. That team just cannot develop pitching, but now he's with San Francisco, who is a much better fundamentally sound organization. And not to mention, they've got platoon systems that work. Gabe Kapler, it's funny. It's funny how he, he people thought he was the problem in Philadelphia. I didn't really... I didn't really think he did a great job in Philadelphia, but I didn't necessarily think he was the main problem. But going to San Francisco, I really underestimated his ability to manage a team. And for them to get 107 wins, for him to get all this leeway from Farhan Zaidi, I think that kind of tells you something about how good of a job he's doing. Oh, he's he's National League Manager of the Year. Yeah. Bar none. So they were, what were they projected to Getting the they weren't even projected to second in the West, were they? No, they, everybody was kind of like this is a yeah. throwaway no, year I had for them the third, Giants. I think. I had third them fourth, like maybe yeah. winning 84, yeah. 85 games, and they're leading the majors in wins with 107. That's just absolutely incredible. Hats off to San Francisco, they're scary. I don't think anybody in, in the majors want, wants to face them right now. And I'm sure if the Dodgers or the Cardinals could pick who their opponent would be, it would not be the San Francisco Giants, uh, I mean, in the yeah. NLDS. I will say this too, for the record, my first episode of this show, I had one of my closest (sighs) friends. We went to high school together. We still go to a good amount of games together. He's a hardcore San Francisco Giants fan, despite living in New York. His family like stayed loyal even after they moved to California. He might've been the only one I only giant fan. I know that legitimately saw them as a playoff contender. Now, granted, had you told him that they would win well over a hundred games, I don't know if he would have, I don't know if he would have bought that, but he he saw how competitive they could be. He saw their potential, and I gotta say, I think I, I he's gotten a lot of stuff right over me in the past. So <laughs> gotta give him the benefit of the doubt. I will say the path to the World Series in the National League will go through the San Francisco Giants. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, I absolutely. Think either uh, no matter who comes out of the wild card game on Wednesday, you're going to have your chat. The biggest challenge is going to be against the giants because with all due respect to the Braves and the Brewers, they're not a better team than the Giants. No, not I, a better I team than the Dodgers. So, uh, getting back to the Braves, I think the Braves probably would have been a bigger threat if either Acuna and or oh, had been healthy for the rest of the season. I mean, remember this is the same, I mean, they all, this is the same team that came within a game of eliminating the Dodgers in the LCS last year. But they didn't. <laughs> Acuna, uh, not not just Acuna, but they lost. Uh, what's his name in the outfield? The Cardinal Azuna. Ozuna is. Oh yeah, no, because he's a piece of shit too. But yeah, I was trying to avoid him for a reason, Andy. But thank. Well, you. I mean, we brought up Trevor Bra- Bauer. Let's bring up the other piece of shit that's not playing. Okay, anymore. okay. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm kidding. I'm sorry, I'm <laughs> talking. No, Andy, it's all good. You're good. I, well, that's what I bring to the conversation. That's what I bring to the conversation. Little spice. Just trying to bring, and trying to bring up other guys that they're missing potentially in their outfield. We're talking about how they're depleted. They only got 88 wins. And this is why I'm happy to have you as a recurring guest. <laughs> <laughs> Before we end this segment, I think you know what's coming next. I want to hear your predictions and – Annie, I'm going to start with you since this is your first time on this show. What is your prediction for Wednesday night's game? Wednesday? Are we just giving uh, what's what am I to give? Uh, final score <laughs> or a final score? What I didn't hear what you said, but I'm going to pretend I didn't. What do you want? 
You're Wait, good. You're good. A, a final score or like win lose? What what am I getting? Final score, who wins? Oh, okay. Final score here. This is gonna be it's not gonna be a shutout. It's not gonna be a blowout. Um I'm gonna say I'm gonna say five to four Dodgers, ten strikeouts for Max Scherzer. Okay, I can see that. I I don't see the Cardinals going down easy, so it's gonna be a great game regardless. I think both wild card games were teed up for great matchups. You got obviously the best one of the best rival. I would say the best rivalries in baseball are Yankees Red Sox and Dodgers Giants. Unbiasedly, oh, you're but, right about the first one. But the Cardinals-Dodgers is a very underrated playoff rivalry that I think both fan bases feel very much, especially the last, what, 15 years going back and forth with each other. So back to 85, really. Well, 80, I was not – I wasn't alive in 85. So I mean, either. That was 10 years before my time. But uh, that is uh, – All I know is during that series, Tommy Lasorda probably shouldn't have used Tom Needenfuhr to pitch in games five and six. And Needenfuhr probably shouldn't have used Tom Needenfuhr to pitch to be attacked here. <laughs> Come on this show to be roasted. No, I just – I'm just – no, I'm just showing off how much uh, I know about MLB playoff history. Seriously, I, just throw out a year. He'll probably he probably knows he's a walking encyclopedia <laughs> of baseball. It's insane. But uh, yeah, you have Dodgers five to four. Andy, what's your prediction? Oh my god, I'm so nervous for this game. Uh, it's just like yeah, how, how, what I said before. It's like of course we draw the Dodgers. Um, does the Cardinal Devil Magic extend one more game? Um. I think it does. I think Adam Wainwright comes out and has a career performance. Um, he has a 2.28 ERA over his last 14 starts. He's just in a groove right now. He knows how much the, this just means to this team. He said it before. He goes, Fangraphs gave us a negative 4,000 or 400,000% chance to make the playoffs. We're here to prove everybody wrong. This team is hot. They're the hottest team in baseball, and that's what it takes sometimes in these kind of scenarios, these winner go home scenarios. So I mentioned earlier how uh, the St. Louis Cardinals are first in outs above average. They're actually second in the MLB in BAPIP. So uh, batting average on balls in play. Uh, their opponents are hitting 271 on balls in play. That's second in the majors. The only team better than that is the LA Dodgers at 251. So I think we're going to see a lot of defensive plays here. I think uh, if they do, if we ha- see balls in play, we're going to have, we're going to see a few, uh, you know, glove gems. I think we're going to see uh, some big plays decide this. I like what Annie said, five to four com- coming close. I don't think this is a blowout. I think this is a pitcher's tool till about the sixth or seventh inning. And uh, I'm taking the Cardinals to win two to one in Los Angeles. That is my bold prediction and i'm saying that because i want to go to an nlds game so bad i I told my friends i would go if we win because it's just like a like come on i don't know the 17 in a row why not one more winner go home i don't love that it's in la but i mean tyler o'neill i think is going to hit a home run um i think paul goldschmidt's going to have a timely hit nolan arenado is going to make a big play at third base and uh, the cardinals are going to shock the world keep that magic going uh, two to one Cardinals, Adam Wainwright getting the wild card victory over Mad Max. I will not be surprised if he strikes out 10 batters, though. That's just like seems like a lock. He's incredible. That's that's play school for him. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's just yeah. So that's that is, I mean, that's the terrifying thing about a one game, you know, winner go home game. 
literally, and especially in baseball where anything can happen. Like it's never say never. Don't, you know, that's why I, I actually said it on my podcast this week, but one of my biggest fears is, you know, you know how sometimes you leave early and some, some people leave early. That's my oh, thing. Okay. I, I never leave early because you just never know what you're going to miss. Like no game is over. Like, you just never know what's going to happen. So, and, Oh yeah. And I'm the same way. The I just feel it. Like, yeah. This game is going to either be like really close or I think it's going to be the Dodgers just blowing them the fuck out. Like I, they, they, it's so like I'm on like such different here. Obviously I'm going to pick and on my heart of hearts, I want it to be a close game. Yeah. But there's like that. I, I think it part of me in the back of my head. That's just like, we are like two hits away from this getting like just out of hand. Right. <laughs> so, for my prediction, I think it's also going to be a really close game. And since I don't have a dog in the fight, I, like you guys, think it's going to be very close. There's no way it's going to be a blowout. I, I don't see it. Yeah. You know, if it if the Dodgers were literally playing any other team, this prediction would be really easy for me. Any other team. Like, if the Reds had made it, there, there's no doubt I would have picked the Dodgers. If the, if the Padres had made it, no chance I have the Padres winning. That pitching staff is horrible. If... Right. Um, Gosh, is there any other? Yeah, no, I don't really. Yeah, nobody else made it. There's no no shot of picking the move, but the Cardinals, they have guys that are around the block. Yeah, they have guys that have World Series rings that were that were there in 2011, and they even have guys who have World Series rings from other teams. So that's not a team to be taken lightly. However, despite the Cardinals' experience, with that having been said, I'm still going to take the Dodgers to win three to two in extra innings. It's they're the defending. Oh, extra okay, don't you put extra innings on me? Don't put no, that nope. magic on oh, us. Yeah, I went there with extra innings. Don't you put that on me, Ricky Bobby? Don't you <laughs> <put that on laughs> extras. I like that. No, yeah, I totally am picking extra innings because the Cardinals are. If the Cardinals lose, they're not gonna. It's not gonna be because they beat themselves up. It's gonna be because they make the Dodgers earn it. That's my honest opinion. My honest assessment about it. I think the Dodgers squeak it out and then prepare for probably an even tougher series against the San Francisco Giants, but we'll see. I'm really looking forward to watching. I'm looking forward to enjoying this game more because for me, I don't really have a dog in the fight. I it's Tuesday that I'm stressing over. As you guys know, if you watch, if you want to see my, where my prediction was for the Yankees, you can check out my appearance on Alec Walt show last night. I said the Yankees were going to win like, five to four also a close one but in any event both of them are really exciting from a pure baseball fan standpoint and yeah Annie and andy i want to thank you both of you for taking the time for joining me and talking some baseball with me but before i let you go i think you know what's going to be next annie please let me know where we can find you and where we can see you she said oh god (laughs) (laughs) she was she was preparing for the worst she was like no no, 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 god (laughs) i cannot end this show i cannot end any segment without my guest giving me a proper plug okay okay oh i saw i saw we had about well it's 50 minutes so i assumed i was like is this an hour so i said oh god what are you gonna are you gonna do like a game show i don't know no i don't know what i was expecting but my oh where do i plug myself um you can follow me on social media at Sweet Annie OD. I am on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. 
all at Sweet Annie OD. Uh, my podcast is OD on Sports, and you can stream that wherever you get your podcasts. And I'm also on local radio in Orange County, 101.5 KOCI, every Sunday from 3 to 5, talking all sorts of sports, mainly the big three, but uh, my heart and for those that don't know, my my favorite sport is hockey. So I'm really trying to push that. And one thing I'm very passionate about is growing the game of hockey in California. So um, I'm working on that. But uh, anyways, speaking of which, Andy, I believe it is your turn to give me a plug. Where can we find your show, The Brew Party? It is. Yes, it's my turn. The Brew Party. We are wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, or you can just go to www.thebrewparty.com. It's got all of our links to listen. It's got all of our links to social media. Find us on YouTube, youtube.com slash The Brew Party. We're on Twitter and Instagram at The Brew Party. We're on Facebook at The Brew Party Podcast. Um, each week, me and my buddy Ryan Maloney, we do Maloney's Moneyline, our weekly gambling segment. Uh, I know Annie said she's not a gambler. I am. I'm a degenerate. Um, so <laughs> this week, Thursday, 1 p.m., we are live streaming our picks. So we do eight picks uh, each week and over and under a favorite. No, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, an over and under a favorite and an underdog are lock of the week and then three just general picks that can be whatever we want. We're doing that live on Facebook, YouTube. Uh, and well, if I guess if Facebook ever comes back, it's hashtag Facebook down, uh, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. <laughs> uh, we're giving out our picks for the weekend, hopefully, bringing Actually, some it's winners. Back up, I've heard. It is back up, it is okay. Back up. Yes, um, and then when I am not like super, super busy with my day job, uh, I try to get out an interview each week. I've been lacking on that the past couple weeks, but um, yeah, I cover a bunch of different topics sports, uh, video games, music. Uh, I've talked to a bunch of different people. I try not to take myself self too seriously, as I'm sure you guys got from this interview. Um, but yeah, I just like to have a good time. I like to have a couple brews, and I like to talk sports or just life and what have you. Um, the but yeah, in life. The, the little <laughs> yeah. things. Yes, Perfect. the Brew Party Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, or on YouTube, YouTube.com/slash The Brew Party. Check us out, Hank. As you know, I love coming on this show. You are one of my favorite people that I have had the pleasure of meeting along this journey. Um, but yeah, seriously, thanks for having me, man. Go Cardinals. Andy, appreciate you too, as always. Uh, In any event, Annie, again, I want to thank you for coming on, sharing your insight about the Dodgers. And it goes without saying, I will definitely have you on other episodes of this show in the future. (laughs) Best of luck to both of your teams. And oh my gosh, we are going to have to have some fun combos after the game is over. Oh God. Best of luck to you as well tomorrow. Yes. All right. You too. All right. Thank you so much. That was Andy Hopper and Annie O'Donnell. And yeah, all I can say is that was a very fun conversation. And I'm looking forward to catching the Dodgers and the Giants in a few hours or in a few minutes. And that game probably could have started by now. And it is the top of the first no score. Actually, it has just started. So I will be looking forward to checking that out. But in the meantime, you can follow that Andy on the Brew Party. You can find him on YouTube and pretty much wherever you get your, wherever you find your podcasts. And of course, you can find An- Annie on the real Annie, OD, the real OD. And in addition, of course, I always recommend you want to please don't forget to follow us on all our forms of social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, you can find us on our YouTube channel at Review and Preview Sports. Folks, you have watched another episode of Hitting for the Cycle. Until next Wednesday, I'm your host, Hank and Dichter, and I will see you then.